breaking news. The New York Times has decided that they are going to hire a woman named Sarah Zhang to join their editorial board. Now, why is this relevant to your life? The reason this is relevant to your life is because Zhang previously wrote for a publication called The Verge and authored The Internet of Garbage, which is a book about online harassment and free speech. The problem for Sarah Zhang is that people actually went through her old tweets. And some of the things that she has tweeted in the past are not particularly great. She has tweeted things like this, quote, Dumbass effing white people marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs pissing on fire hydrants is back in 2014. So not supremely long ago, but a few years ago. Are white people genetically predisposed to burn faster in the sun, thus logically being only fit to live underground like groveling goblins? Hashtag cancel white people. Oh man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old white men. I dare you to get on Wikipedia and play things white people can definitely take credit for. It's really hard. This is Sarah Zhang, the new New York Times editorial board author. White men are BS. No one cares about women. You can threaten anyone on the internet except cops. Welcome back to episode 62 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today, we're going to talk about a controversial figure by the name of Sarah Zhang. Uh, Sarah Zhang is on the editorial board for uh, technology uh, on the New York Times. And there's a lot of uh, controversy about her comments and her tweets, uh, racist tweets, actually, against white men and white people, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm looking at this and I'm scratching my head. This is the first I've heard of this. Like two days ago, I was on YouTube and I saw some of these tweets and some of these comments and I scratched my head and I says, you know, I got to I got to put a podcast out about this because I am somewhat opinionated on this on this topic just from life experience. Not, not by reading it in the textbook. So the best place to start, I guess, she's, she's saying that um, I'm going to play a couple of clips on here from her. Uh, I'm not even going to try to re- rethink or remember what, what garbage came out of her mouth. But this is typical of people today that have a college textbook uh, experience on life. Uh, a person, obviously, if she went to the Harvard Law School... She's originally from South Korea, uh, Harvard Law School, and co- comes from privilege herself. You know, she's talking about white privilege. And this whole thing about privilege and black and white, it's just all divisiveness and it's identity politics to get us, to separate us, to divide and conquer us. And people listen to this shit. It's just garbage. I mean, I'm Puerto Rican, you know, and... I was born in 1959, so I do, you know, I grew up in the 60s. I do know something about racism and oppression. I grew up on welfare. You know, my pops died when I was six years old. My mom, you know, was not able to work. She had epilepsy, epileptic seizures. So we were on welfare, and we grew up really poor, man. We, we, you know, the projects would have been a step up for us. We lived in a one, you know, in a two-bedroom flat tenement with no heat and hot water. I remember one winter my toilet bowl froze and cracked open we never had hot water or heat you know ate cornmeal for, for three times a day and white rice which is really poor but not to complain you know just this was my reality so i do know a little bit about oppression and about the subject now she's graduate from the harvard law school and she's talking about oppression and how there's white privilege and who is she to talk about white privilege first of all in this country, and I love all my people, but Asians have a lot of privilege in this country. They're very hardworking people. They're very successful, and God bless them, you know? But don't 
don't stand up because you read in the textbook what white privilege is and how horrible the white man is and how they really shouldn't speak because they should just, you know, get bred out of existence or whatever. This 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 person is just spewing hate. And I don't think it's a, a mistake. I, I believe that, you know, a lot of these multinational corporations and a lot of these people that have positions of power, you know, such as she does, such as she is in, this is a calculated move to get us all divided and separated. Again, identity politics, so that we would get so upset about her, go back and forth, argue back and forth, and not look at the puppet that's really controlling the strings of, of everyone. So I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to play a couple of these clips so you can listen to the dribble that this person is, is spewing. Um, yeah, she talks about white privilege and... Um, like I said, in order to be able to talk about privilege, you should be in a position where you were oppressed so that you would know what that privilege is of. I myself have faced some racism in my life, you know, from white people or whatever, even from black people from all over. And, I, you know, I've learned so much, to be honest with you, from, from white people, from white men or whatever. I mean, as a young child, I would watch television and, you know, listen to people that had more education than me, some of my school teachers. And a lot of them, you know, were white men, and they, they were really, you know, mentoring and really kind. You know, some of them were assholes, but I mean, it is, it's like with all people. You can't just make a blanket judgment against all people. You can't do this. It's hatred, and that's hate speech. And one of the things when you listen to this, and it's very true, she put out these tweets that were like really anti-white and anti-white men. Again, I can't remember what they were, but if you substituted the word in there, black or Hispanic or Jew or whatever, she would lose her job immediately. But the fact that she's railing against the white man, then it makes it okay. Um, white people are really cool, man. Everybody's really cool. Everybody has good and bad. So we need to unite and, 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 and understand that this is speech control, thought control, manipulation, divide and conquer, identity politics. It's all garbage. As a matter of fact, I'm not even in a position where I'm upset or mad or angry about anything that she does because no one has the control over me that they can make me happy or sad or angry. That all comes from within myself. What I do is I observe and I make observations and I observe what's going on in the zeitgeist and in, 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 in the country today and in this cli political climate that we're in, this politically charged climate. Um, this, this also kicks up into a couple of other topics. And you know, back to racism, you know, People, and this also goes for, you know, for Spanish people and black people and everything like that. You know, they complain today, oh, there's racism. We had a black president. Barack Obama's a black president. So if you're in a country where a black man can make it to the presidency, you know, people have opportunity. It just is what it is. You know, I don't think he was a great president at all. I think he was horrible, but he did make it to the presidency. Um, they talk about the quality of outcome, which is just garbage. How, how in the world are you going to have a quality of outcome when you are expecting people to be at the same level when God just creates us all differently. Everybody has a different work ethic, different uh, skill sets. So there's no way you can have a quality of outcome. This is just, again, garbage and dribble. And they uh, tied into that is that universal basic income, which they're just going to give people money just for existing. So you can become dependent on daddy government. Again, it's garbage, man, and you have to be very careful with this, all of these identity politics and all of these initiatives that are being put forth to divide us and conquer us. So, you know, um, this is something that you really need to give a good listen to, and this is what's going on in our society right now. This Sarah Jung 
person. She, you know, she should really be immediately let go from her position, and uh, she should reevaluate, you know, her speech and her thought. I, she's doing it on purpose. This isn't. Uh, this isn't an accident. They were digging up these tweets from her. It's going back to like I think uh, 2014, 15, whatever, like recently. And if that was somebody else, you know, if she was tweeting about somebody else, you know, you can, you know, you can shit on the white man, but you can't, uh, you know, shit on anybody else. That that's craziness, man. I mean, everybody's equal, and we're all, you know, white people are awesome. You can't you can't talk shit about white men. You can't talk shit about any race, man. If you want to talk about an individual person, fine. But how are you going to paint with such a broad stroke, a broad brush against everybody? Okay, like I said, I was oppressed in my life coming up. I, there was some oppression that I dealt with, and what it did is, as Nietzsche said, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's what it did. You know, it put me in a position that I had to work a little harder. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the world is perfect today and there's no racism. But, you know, it, you got to deal with it uh, on your terms where you improve yourself, you know, and, and you push yourself and you, you achieve. You know, you work hard. You know, you put your nose to the grindstone and get it done. I don't see how a person that graduated from the Harvard Law School is in a position to talk about, you know, how, how horrible white men are and how you know i mean she's made some really horrible comments man i i don't even, i'm not even like i said i don't i'm not even in a position to try to remember what they were or to repeat them because it's going to be on this tape it's going to be on this podcast but this is where we are right now and again you know i'm going to pray for her because she really does you know need need to see the light you know the love of god you know because obviously uh the position she's in she seems to have a lot of hate in her heart and that's that's definitely not good so I kind of rambled on here a little bit, but we're going to play some clips from her, I believe two clips. And uh, yeah, just give it a good listen. I think some of them are going to repeat, you know, some of the tweets that she had, but I don't have a lot of time to edit this podcast, so I'm going to kind of let them roll through and I'm going to put my information at the other end, you know, my contact information and my subreddit and everything like that. So any feedback, thoughts, you know, get back to me. Uh, let's get into it. I just realized they're all old tweets of hers and she was hired. I'm sure the New York Times, if they if they didn't do a background check on the person they hired over at the New York Times, uh, then they were entirely remiss. They say, I just realized why I can't stand watching Breaking Bad or Battlestar Galactica. The premise of both is just white people being miserable. And she also tweeted, white people have stopped breeding. You'll all go extinct soon. This was my plan all along. So she seems like a real delight, this Sarah Zhang person. I have been told that she is basically one of the more brilliant people out there and that these tweets are not indicative of her prior work, which I'm willing to hear. But by the rules of the left, this person should now be excised from polite society because that's how the rules work on the left, right? The way that this works is that if they unearth an old tweet, if somebody unearths an old tweet that nobody likes, then we finish your career. We yell at you and we scream at you until you stop being able to write for a major publication like the New York Times. Now, should she apologize for those tweets? I think probably that is merited. Is it indicative of the mentality of the New York Times? They think it is appropriate to hire somebody like this. It is indicative of that mentality because the fact is that if anybody who is white wrote this about anybody of any other race, Sarah Zhang is Asian. If somebody who's white wrote this about a black person or, or Hispanics or Latinos or Asians or anybody, then that person would be out of a job forthwith. In fact, if you're Kevin Williamson and all you did was make a joke one time about hanging women for abortions, then we kick you off the staff of the Atlantic. If you're me and I say that I don't like rap, then I am a racist, and Mark Duplass has to, uh, Director Mark Duplass has to delete his tweet saying that I'm a nice guy and you might want to follow me on Twitter. Right? The way this works on Twitter is that if we find something we don't like about you in your past, then we absolutely destroy your career. Again, it is indicative of the New York Times' belief system that they are pretty much fine with going after, with, with, with 
their columnists saying stuff like this. Because again, if this were anybody on the other side of the aisle, you can bet money that it would not go as easy on, on that person. Now, will the New York Times back down and fire this lady? I doubt it. I think the New York Times will probably maintain. I hope the New York Times does maintain. I think it is good to have a plethora of voices. I prefer more speech rather than less speech. I think it's also your decision whether you wish to subscribe to a newspaper like the New York Times. I do not. You probably don't either. But if you do wish to subscribe, then maybe you want to give that a second thought. That is your prerogative as well. But it is, again, telling that the same folks on the left who suggest that you are out of the realm of polite discourse so long as they deem it so are perfectly willing to welcome into the realm of polite discourse people like Sarah Zhang, who I assume is not even remotely as bad as people like Al Sharpton, who has been legitimately a race-baiting piece of human debris for decades now. So again, this is pretty telling about exactly how the left operates when it comes to the the, the opinions they, they seek to protect. I was talking with um, a friend of mine earlier today who happens to be on the left. She's a liberal. And uh, she also happens to be black and also happens to be a lesbian. So she checks off a lot of the intersectional boxes that a lot of folks on the left really seem to care a lot about. And we were talking about intersectional politics, and she was contending that America is basically run on intersectional politics, that identity politics, you know, politics where we care about your race, your sex, your ethnicity, your, your orientation, that these politics have always driven the United States. And what I was arguing is one of the problems that we're seeing right now is that if you look at the history of the United States in terms of how intersectional politics has worked, you know, race politics, identity politics, it is fair to say that racial and identity politics have declined markedly since, for example, the 1960s. That if you were to create a scale of 1 to 100 of identity politics, what you would probably say is that at the very beginning of the Republic, identity politics, it was at 100 because there were actually black slaves and people arguing that black people ought to be slaves. It's about as racist as it could possibly be. Then after the Civil War, it drops to about a 70 on the scale of 100 because black people are no longer slaves. But we are going to suggest that they are inferior if you are the dominant American society and you're going to excise Asians and you're going to excise Latinos and all the rest of it. And then over the course of the next 100 years, it drops to perhaps 60 all the way up to the end of Jim Crow. And then it plummets precipitously to the point that when I was growing up, I'm, I'm 34 years old. When I was growing up, the worst thing you could call somebody in America was not a racial slur. It was a racist. If you want to destroy somebody's life, if you want to make them feel awful, you call them a racist. Racist became the slur du jour because everybody understood that racism was a bad. Like the idea of talking to people my age and saying to them that certain people are genetically inferior because of the color of their skin it doesn't even compute. It doesn't make any sense to people who are below the age of 40 in the United States because we've grown up in the post-Jim Crow era and we find all of that stuff abhorrent. So intersectionality took a nosedive. But now intersectionality is recovering because the argument the left has made is that America was historically based on the notion of white supremacy. It was historically based on racism from white people. And now intersectional groups must have their revenge. Now we have to have a reverse identity politics where whatever you say about white people is totally okay. We never had our chance in the sun. Right? Racism can only come from dominant groups. It can't come from put upon minority groups. This is an argument that's made by a lot of folks on the left. A really serious argument made by a lot of folks on the left. That if you see Sarah Zhang, an Asian, saying racist things about white people, it's not actually racist because Sarah Zhang is an Asian and Asians have historically been put upon in the United States, even though Asian households have the highest household earning capacity of any households in the United States. Uh, white Americans, for example, earn 76 cents on every dollar that Asians earn in the United States if you just average out the salaries. But the intersectional idea goes that if you're Asian, you're a member of a minority group, therefore, if you are racist toward a white person, it's not actual racism. And white people are saying, wait a second, racism is racism. Now, listen, I understand that virtually all politics is reactionary. I understand that we all react to one another and that there's a desire for turnabout as fair play. 
But if you want to get to a society that actually means something, then we all ought to be stumping against this sort of bigotry, no matter the source. The problem is folks on the left have decided that white bigotry is bad, which is true, but they've decided that non-white bigotry is totally okay because it is non-white bigotry. Therefore, it is not bigotry because non-white people cannot be bigots. That's a very bad thing, and it's contributing to a sense of destruction in America's politics in a, in a pretty significant way. Uh, the, the, the intersectional politics that have dominated our proceedings of the, uh, over the last few years are, are really quite dis- All right, so I just had to add this little in-between uh, commentary between the two tracks. There's one more coming up. So uh, she, quote, to quote her tweet, dumbass fucking white people marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs pissing on fire hydrants. Now, this is like, I guess she's doing hood speak, or I guess she's black, or I'm sorry, she's a woman of color. I mean, I wonder when was the last time she chilled with some real hood people downtown, you know what I'm saying? And just chilling like some on some real shit, on some real life shit. She, this this woman lived a, a life of privilege, man. You know, Harvard uh, graduate of the Harvard Business Law School. Yo, yo, she ain't got that kind of pass, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like a hood pass. That you could have that kind of speak. P- people from the hood, they know what I'm saying. Um, th- th- she's just a poser, and just, dude. We'll we'll just let me continue. Here's some more quotes from her. Uh, are white people genetically predisposed to burn faster in the sun, thus logically being only fit to live underground like groveling goblins? Uh, what's another one? Or oh, oh, this lady, Nicole Chung, tweeted something about women of color will be the reason why Trump will lose the election. However, Trump has a lead with white women. And then Sarah Jung tweeted back, fuck all white women. So I guess she, <laughs> she equally hates white women. And then, you know, she does the whole hashtag cancel white people. And then white people, uh, white people have stopped reading. You will all go extinct soon. This, is, this was my plan all along. So, yeah, you know, she's on some flat earth shit. They put this out there to see if you bite on it. The mainstream media puts this out there to see if you bite on it. And she, you know, Sarah Jung equals flat earthers. It's just bullshit. And it's put out there as a curveball to see if you take a swing at it and miss. Because you ain't going to hit it. Because there's no substance to it. It's just something to divert you from the truth and from reality of what's going on and the oppression that's going on. And another thing, now that I'm thinking about it, she talks about white people with this hate. You know, like, they're, they're the ones that have all the privilege. There's white people today that are suffering just like everybody else. If you, oh, in every major city, all, all in America and all over, everybody's suffering these days. And we're being oppressed by those that, that you know, have the means of, uh, you know, of wealth. And, and we're all getting oppressed. So I guess now uh, Sarah Jung is the new Missy Elliott. You know, she's the authority on uh, she's the authority on colored women or women of color, whatever, man. So Sarah Jung equals flat earthers. Both are diversions from the truth of who is oppressing the working man or just any man for that matter. Anybody who is not, you know, in the top elite, you know, privileged people like like her people who've graduated the Harvard Law School. You know, this this is unbelievable. So. So Sarah Jung is a college textbook gangster. And her color is green like the money she worships. Pray for her to whichever entity you call supreme. 
let's continue with the next part. I don't make reaction videos very often to events like this, but I will hand it to many in the mainstream media. With their viewership and readership in freefall, they are not even trying to hide their hypocrisy, double standards, and attachment to rabid ideology. Editors and writers from outlets like Bloomberg and Newsweek were out in full force trying to explain why virulent bigotry against white people is not actually virulent bigotry, but misunderstood intersectional critiques of power and privilege. Because, you know, calling for the cancellation of white people or the glee and joy one gets from being cruel to white men is, you know, an expression of heroic resistance. But in this instance, I will agree with the New York Times and their protection of their newly rabid racist editor, and all will be explained in the next few minutes. So recently hired journalist for the New York Times, Sarah Jiang has found herself, depending on who you read or listen to, to be outed as an extreme bigot for her years-long record of, well, bigoted posts about white people. Or she is at the center of an internet bullying campaign because her racism is not racism, because whites and only whites can be racist. Now, what I'm going to do is a thought experiment. I'm going to replace the words in some of her tweets. What I'm going to do is replace the word white with black or Jews. And I want you to imagine the reaction at the New York Times hiring someone with a data trail of such posts as dumbass fucking black people marking up the internet with their opinions like dogs pissing on fire hydrants. Are Jews genetically predisposed to burn faster in the sun, thus logically being only fit to live underground like groveling goblins? Oh man, it's kind of sick how much joy I get out of being cruel to old black men. Cancel Jews. And a host of others. I think you get the idea. To put this into perspective, comedian Roseanne Barr's new television show was cancelled by Disney for a single tweet made about this woman, Valerie Jarrett. In the tweet, she said, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ, the VJ meaning Valerie Jarrett. Now, when I look at her, I would guess that she's either Hispanic or possibly from one of the Central Asian stands, but as it turns out... The one-drop rule still exists in the U.S., and according to the television series Finding Your Roots, DNA testing indicated that Jarrett is 46% African, and thus the word ape in Roseanne's tweet was taken to be racist, even though she said she was unaware of this fact, and Disney canceled her show, and it may have cost the company $100 million. There are other examples of our culture of outrage, but you get the point. Roseanne is a white lady and she made a one-off questionable tweet about another woman where she said herself she was unaware that Jarrett was black because she doesn't look black. But none of this matters. The offended machine revved up into high gear and destroyed her career. 
Now, swing it back to Miss Jiang. Over the course of several years, she has posted tweet after tweet after tweet laced with hatred and vitriol for white people, and especially white men. However, when this was brought to the attention of the New York Times, they responded that this fab, their words, not mine, this fab new employee, because she is an Asian woman, is subject to online harassment, and supposedly by spewing her racist and bigoted views, it was her way to respond to her harassers. Okay, sure. What is even more interesting is the toxically Marxist far left is coming to her defense with literally intersectional oppression splaining. For example, an article written in Vox by Aja Romano has literally, through a written fog of ideological flatulence and mental gymnastics, explained that her bigotry is in fact not bigotry because, and as we've heard before, only whites can be racist. Her eliminationist rhetoric, language that wishes an entire race could be wiped off the face of the earth with the hashtag canceled white people or the white people have stopped breeding, you'll all go extinct soon, that was my plan all along. Well, to equate these kinds of posts with racism is in Romano's mind and in her words, a false equivalency. Okay, fine, I'll give that a pass. And to be fair, we do live in an outrage culture. That was created by the far left, I might add. But what is really happening here is that when their vitriol, their hate, their bile, their contempt, and their virulent racism is put on display, the far left say, no, wait, time out, not fair, you have to use context, and then they proceed to throw out every buzzword they have learned during their time in gender studies departments at what used to pass for universities. Oppression, marginalization, whiteness, supremacy... And this verbal diarrhea is an attempt to escape the same outrage culture that they themselves have created. Interestingly, when another Twitter user flagged her tweets, Twitter, to their credit, came back that her tweets did violate their rules against posting violent threats and hateful content. But the New York Times has stated that it is fine with hate so long as that hate is directed toward white people. Because let us be crystal clear... Everyone listening to this knows full well that if a white man had posted even one of these tweets, his career at the New York Times would be over. Also, I do find the crocodile tears that as an Asian woman, she is systemically abused online and as an Asian person, systemically oppressed and marginalized in American society. For your information, Sarah, Asian women are the most sought after race of women by all races of men, except for other Asian men, interestingly, at least according to a recent study that analyzed data from 2.4 million heterosexual interactions on the Facebook app, Are You Interested? And what do you know? According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the average Asian American in this marginalizing and oppressive country not only has a higher per capita income than the average white American, but the average Asian American has a higher per capita income than all other ethnic groups in the United States. Once the floodgates were opened in 1965, the U.S. has gone from a 90% white country to a country where whites will soon be in the minority. A country where millions upon millions of non-whites are clamoring to get into. So what, they too can be oppressed and marginalized by systemic white supremacy? These kinds of facts don't really fit the narrative of the oppression splainers like Miss Jiang. And thus, you'll never hear them commenting on them either.
You know, if Miss Jiang hates white people, white culture, and being surrounded by whiteness, she might be better off in South Korea, the country of her birth, and the country I very much love, as I was there just three months ago, where upward to 30,000 white American men, the men she hates, the men that she, via her hundreds of tweets, reviles, but still died to give her and her family freedom. There, she could be free of white people as Korea is probably one of the most ethnically homogenous nations on earth. She could be rid of the vile, oppressive yoke that she lives under in America and be free. But we know she won't, as I'm sure that Koreans would believe her to be deluded if she attempted to practice the same shtick in Korea by telling them that they are living in a country with Korean privilege and Korean supremacy and that their Koreanness is and of itself oppressive and marginalizing to people of other groups in that country. Most likely, they would probably think that her brain and worldview had become defective from living in the U.S. for so long. But to conclude, yes, Ms. Jiang is a virulent and unrepentant bigot. However, I agree with the New York Times for not giving in to the outrage generated by her Twitter history. The reason being, if they do, all it does is encourage more mobs to form over whatever outrage porn is served up next week. What's needed is a socially agreed upon set of standards and to simply listen to people before they are socially crucified. In simple language, people need to calm down and listen before they fly off the handle in self-righteous indignation. I think if Roseanne Barr's Twitter controversy came up a few months from now rather than a few months ago, the example of the New York Times and not caving into mob outrage might have given Disney an example to follow and her show would most likely still have been on air and not have been cancelled. Yes, the mainstream media is, for the most part, duplicitous, highly partisan, and hypocritical, and the New York Times is particularly so, but we already knew this. What the New York Times might have done, however, inadvertently, is by showing its true colors and losing even more readership in its stance over Miss Jiang and its support of her unmitigated bigotry, it may have finally set society upon the course to cure the country of its hair-trigger outrage response to anything they perceive to be heretical to our new, hyperly sensitive and judgmental society. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, please consider subscribing. Also, follow Black Pigeon on the usual social media. Till next. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com And my subreddit is reddit.com forward slash r forward slash alphamalebuddhist 
That's my subreddit where you can uh, comment and interact with other listeners. And it's a great forum to sit and have an open dialogue. So, again, thank you for listening and namaste.